This is After the Bell Rings, a podcast brought to you by the Triad School District in Troy, Illinois. In this series, you'll hear about what your kids are learning, how they're learning, and ideas to strengthen the school-home partnership. Here's Amy Van Hoos. Welcome to After the Bell Rings. This is episode six. Today's episode will be about getting kids to talk about their day and sharing some ideas about what to do with the information they tell you. If you're like me, you've picked your kids up from school and you ask them, how was your day? Just to be met with that nice little one word answer, fine. My kids are only five and seven and somehow they've mastered that already. Mm-hmm. I pick them up and it's just fine. Then silence, crickets. So th- then I follow it up with, what did you learn in school today? Once again, to be answered with nothing. <laughs> so as a parent, I find this very frustrating. And over time, I have wondered what else can we do to get kids talking and to learn more about what they're doing in school so that I can help them and work with them and be a part of their life when they're gone from me all day. Today, I'm talking to second grade teachers, Kate Nolhoff and Emily Lovelace. They will be sharing some great strategies for parents with kids of any age to bring their kids away from one-word answers and into rich conversations about their day and what they're learning. Kate Nolhoff is a second grade teacher at Silver Creek Elementary. She has a master's degree in elementary education from Greenville College, and this is her fourth year of teaching second grade at Silver Creek. Emily Lovelace is a second grade teacher also from Silver Creek. She's currently working on her master's in curriculum and instruction from Greenville University. This is Emily's third year teaching for Silver Creek. It's her second year teaching second grade, and she has also taught a year of first grade. So today I have these two teachers who are going to share some great information with us. Kate is here to share some thoughts about how to address the questioning side of this. How do we get kids talking? So welcome, Kate. Hello. So what are what are some thoughts that you have about this topic? I think first we need to keep in mind that kids have been at school all day. They're there seven to eight hours and they're talking and interacting all day long. So when we pick them up at school, they're exhausted. So they probably don't want to talk right then. So one of my recommendations would be wait. Maybe find a different time that night to talk to them at dinner or outside if you're playing baseball or even when they're doing their homework. Um, Another thing to really to get them to talk is Tell them a story about you that day. Keep it funny. Keep it light. Maybe, oh my gosh, you won't believe what I did today. I wore two different pairs of shoes. (laughs) And try to make them laugh and get them involved in your life and get them talking that way. That's a really good idea. Um, I I tried that one once and it really did work. My, My son is five and he's in kindergarten here. And I think that he is just so engrossed all day. And he loves learning. He loves school. But the minute he gets in the car with me, it's just like he is grumpy. He wants to say nothing. And I mean, he almost gets angry at me sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> but when I do stop pressuring him, like you said, just right. to wait or start to talk about something else or get my daughter talking first, right. it does slowly start to come about. So I, I really like that idea. Well, and a lot of times kids are probably hungry, you know, <laughs> busy and working right. all day. Give them some food first. <laughs> hangry. Yeah, hangry. Um, I think also something that we've talked about as teachers is making sure we're asking specific questions, not just how's your day? What'd you do? 
ask them, what'd you do in science today? Did you do a science experiment? Or who'd you play with at recess? Were they nice to you? What did you play at recess? Or what did you do in art? Good. So sticking away from that yes or no. Yes. You know, it's it's funny that we say that because even as teachers, we have gone through a lot of training and just yes. questioning mm-hmm. through college. And mm-hmm. a lot of our professional development is centered around questioning. So it makes sense that we're thinking about that as a way to um, have parents talk to kids too. Right. Because when you first start teaching, a lot of times we want to start asking just yes or no questions and move to the next thing. But really, we can get into much richer conversations when you stick away from mostly yes or no questions. And ask the whys or the hows or just a question in another way that doesn't just need a one word answer like, good, we're fine. (laughs) How was your day? Good. What'd you learn? Nothing. Nothing. (laughs) I think too, listening to them and almost restating what they said to you, making sure you're listening to everything they say and don't be doing the dishes when you're listening (laughs) don't be picking up the house really be looking at them and interacting in that conversation so they know that you care and that you want to know what happened that day and what's going on in their lives I still run into problems with my kids sometimes with that I mean he just he doesn't always want to talk back so what about if they still aren't talking, I mean, if, if you've done all this and they're still not talking, what, what are your thoughts? I think number one most important thing to do is not nag your child. I We are, as parents, and I'm a first-time parent, I have a one-year-old, and I feel like we're always worried about what's going on and if they're okay. Mm-hmm. And most of the time they are. So if they're not talking, give them time. Don't nag them. Don't keep asking questions because I think that you start to ruin that relationship I also think it's good to get the conversation started with saying something about your day and something that might have happened that was funny or sad or something that scared you just to get the conversation started with them and get them involved in that. And again, of course, you always want to make sure that you're listening to them. So actually on our website, afterthebellrings.org, we have posted several articles under resources about questions that you can ask to get the conversation started. We have one posted for younger kids and one posted for teens also that that can just kind of help you get things started. As I looked through them, um, my favorite one was, if an alien spaceship came to your (laughs) class and beamed someone up, who would you want to take with you? And I just thought that was hilarious. So it's not the normal questions. I mean, there's some normal questions that we would always ask, but there's some really bizarre out there ones that, you know, your kid's just not talking. Try one of them. Yeah, try Try something something funny. Try something different. I I actually, I used that on my son last night after I found this one, and he (laughs) looked at me like I was crazy, but then he gave me a name, and and he told me why he was taking this kid up. (laughs) So it was was a really fun conversation starter. I didn't learn as much about his day, but I learned about one of his friends. But it gets a conversation started. And I really got to hear about one of his friends, which I don't think to ask about as much. Right, yeah. that was kind of fun. I think it's important, too, to be involved across the board, whether they're in kindergarten or whether they're in high school, knowing what's going on in their lives. If they're playing soccer and they're sitting on the bench, you know, say, hey, I'm so proud of you for being mature about that and working harder to try to play more. Or if they're in second grade, just what's in your green folder? What do you have for homework tonight? I saw you got a three on your math facts. That's awesome. You know, just being involved in their life and letting them know that you're there and care can easily get the conversation started. Now, of course, when we have a conversation, 
we always want everything to be positive and they love yes. everything and they're always happy. But sometimes kids come home and they're tired or they've had a bad day and we don't always get positive information. Sometimes we get negative information. What kind of ideas do you have about working with your kids? Because you, you see that at school all the right. time. Kids aren't always happy. We deal with kids who are having problems all the time. Is there anything that you do in your classroom that you can uh, tell parents that maybe would work at home too? We were just talking about this, Emily and I, and we were talking about when we were in high school and we were mm-hmm. thinking, you know, talking to your parents is so hard at times because you always feel like they're going to be mad at you and what you've done is a mistake and or you're going to get in trouble or you didn't do something well enough. So I think as a parent, you have to stay calm and you have to stay neutral. Obviously, making sure that they know that we make mistakes, that happens, but there are consequences for those mistakes. But staying calm and making sure you're not yelling at them or being mad at them. Um, and I also think for to keep things positive, talk to them about the good things in their lives. You know, I, I know things are hard, but there are so many positive things that happen. Like, I know reading you're struggling with right now, but you just did so awesome on your math facts. Just staying positive with them about it, um, I think is so huge. So asking your child questions is a great way to learn about your child's day, but now what do we do with that information? Emily Lovelace is here, and she actually is, as we mentioned, going through her master's program right now, and she's done a lot with student feedback in the classroom. And Mm -hmm. as I talked to her, she had some great ideas that while she's working with student feedback in the classroom, so many of these ideas will transfer to the home too. So Emily's gonna share a little bit about that with us today. There are actually several ways to have rich conversation without needing to have all the information provided from your child. I know many times when you're asking questions to your child and you get those one word answers, um, it's hard to give them feedback on what they say. It's kind of hard to have something to say to good. So to get more specific information about what they're doing in class or how their day works, if you have younger kids, um, checking their folder each night for work that they've completed is an awesome way to like catch a glimpse into what they're doing each day. Also, um, it's a great way to see what they've been doing in school, and it's an easy way to start a conversation. And once that conversation started, you can give your child feedback on how well he or she's doing in class. Sounds like um, it might even be beneficial to go through the folder together with your child, too, exactly. because then they're totally involved in going through all of this. And if you've got older kids, I know for Triad that their assignments and their grades are mm-hmm. all online. Yes. So maybe once a week just sitting down and, and looking through classes together. Hey, what was this mm-hmm. assignment? Tell me about this one. One way to get a little bit of an idea of what they're doing in school, mm-hmm. what they're learning, where their struggles are. Right. Well, and like you said, so older classes have their information online well i know a lot of teachers even at silver creek use class dojo or class messenger or um, google classrooms really popular and on those websites and online there's a lot of work samples provided as to what you're doing in class each day or maybe there's pictures of experiments and that's a great way to ask your child you know ask them something about what did you do in science and then start having that rich conversation with them and providing them feedback about the work that they're doing in school. If you're not as familiar with our district website, triadunit2.org, we have a section for parent resources. And under the parent resources, we have a staff directory. And within that staff directory, you can look up any staff member. And underneath is a link to their website. 
So if you don't know how to get to a certain teacher's website, I suggest you go there first mm -hmm. and look because each staff member keeps a website that has a lot of information. Most of the elementary teachers keep their website current and they keep their newsletters there. Yes. High school teachers often keep their syllabus there and their assignments there. So great place to start to look if you're needing some more information about what your kids are doing. Yeah, absolutely. I know at the second grade level, we update web pages weekly. And then even on our class dojo, I mean, a lot, like I said, a lot of teachers use class messenger, but sometimes reminders go home or daily. reminders and information go home daily or every other day. And so that's just a great way to be current on what your child is working on. And another part of feedback that I find very important is making sure that you give feedback in a timely manner. Yes. So I know that the second I give assignments back to their to kids and they've done exceptional on it, they are so proud of themselves, mm -hmm. of their hard work, and they cannot wait to bring it home. And that excitement, if you wait a couple days to to check that folder and see that they've done such great work their excitement kind of fizzles. fizzles yeah it kind of dies down so you just want to make sure you're checking that folder nightly with them and then when you see their exceptional work you can say oh my goodness look look at what you've done look at what you've mastered i'm so proud of you and that motivates them to keep it up what about i mean i love that kids often come home with all of these positives but mm -hmm. what about when your child comes home with something that's not quite as positive and you notice that your child's struggling, what kind of feedback can you give to a student? Great point, because unfortunately it, it is inevitable that one day your child is going to bring home something that's less than perfect. But the first thing you need to remember is just stay calm and don't overreact. Don't jump to conclusions and think, my child's failing or they're falling behind, what am I gonna do? This is a huge problem. Because the majority of the time, that's not the case. I would ask your child, I would say, you know, is this a new skill? Is this something that you just learned? Or is this something you've been practicing? And if it is something new, maybe sit down with your child, review their work, and talk about ways that they can improve. Set a goal for something they want to work on to improve the way they completed that assignment. Okay, so once we once you've identified that your child is struggling mm -hmm. and it continues to happen, what would you suggest for a parent? So they, they followed your advice, don't worry right. too right away, mm -hmm. but what if it continues to happen a little bit? What would you do? I mean, as a teacher and... Right. And so if I, if I noticed that my child continued to bring homework and was struggling, that would be a good time to go ahead and contact your teacher. So after you've already talked to your child about ways to improve, you've set a goal, and their work still isn't improving, I would reach out to the teacher and ask for some strategies to help them in the area that they are struggling in. And I can say too that I mean, teachers, especially if you come in with a specific, like my not just my kid is struggling, what do I do? But I have noticed that my child is having a hard time with math facts or even more specific. Mm -hmm. We're really struggling with our times eights. Mm -hmm. Do you have any suggestions? When you come in with something specific like that, we've got stuff. We can yes. really, really help you. So if you've done some work at home to see where the kid is struggling, most likely teachers know the same thing too. So we're noticing the same thing at school mm -hmm. and we can share what we're doing in class. And um, if you come to us and say, hey, I've made this goal with my child. Right. I want him to get here and, and he's on board with this. Mm -hmm. I, he wants to get here too. What can you suggest? Teachers have some great resources. Yes. So that would be a great time to contact teachers after you're at home, you've noticed the problem, you've tried a few things, 
still not improving, that's a great time to go. Yes. We're here to help. Yes. Absolutely. So thank you, Kate and Emily, for joining You're us well. today. No problem. We had fun. It is fun. Yeah. Uh, you can find more information on our website after the bell rings. In this episode's link to literature, we've featured some books on emotions and issues children face at various years in their lives. Sometimes when we can't get kids to talk, it's because they're sad or frustrated and some of the books that we have for pre-k all the way through 12th grade can address some of those issues uh they're great reads for parents and students even though they're more kids books parents can't wait to read them (laughs) parents i agree parents can get ideas too from how a kid's feeling or read them together and remember you can follow our podcast on facebook to get up-to-date episode information. And this is a great place to suggest ideas for future episodes. We're also on Apple Podcasts, Android Podcasts, and Stitcher. Thanks again, Emily and Kate, for sharing that information with us. And we'll see you next time. Thank you. Bye. (laughs) You've been listening to After the Bell Rings. Our mission is to strengthen the school-home partnership. For show notes, to contact us, and for more information, visit afterthebellrings.org.